Hello beautiful humans, this is Alicia from Ethical Wellness Programs and you are listening to the Heal in Motherhood podcast, the show that combines the science of the mind-body connection and trauma research along with spiritual teachings and practical tools to help women heal their lives from the inside out and reclaim their inner goddess while showing up as the person, parent and partner they came here to be. If you like what you hear on today's show, please don't forget to leave us a review on the iTunes podcast app so that we can grow our community and impact as many women's lives as possible. Hello and welcome everybody. I'm excited today because I'm actually on the podcast today. So I've got Charlie on the podcast with me and she is my new co-host. So you're going to be hearing a bit more from me and Charlie together. She's going to be interviewing me today on emotional wellness for mums. Then next month, I will interview her on whatever it is, a topic will bring you another topic and then vice versa as we go through. So you'll be hearing a lot more of both of us together, which is super, super exciting. Yeah, Charlie, welcome. Come and tell us all about you. (laughs) Thank you so much, my darling. I'm super excited. So yeah, so I guess my name is Charlie. I am a motherhood coach, I guess on a bit of a mission to change the way that we view and experience motherhood in a modern world. And in particular, really working and mentoring with mothers through the lens of matrescence, you know, in the same way that you work with it from, you know, the healing perspective and trauma perspective, I work with it from matrescence. And I guess I've got what I call like the five. What I'm most excited about this is like when you reached out to me, it was one of my key five C's as to how I think we're going to change the way that we view and experience motherhood one of those five C's is collaboration. Mm. And so as soon as you mentioned it, I was like 100% because that's, you know, it's one of the ways that we get to really have these conversations, which is also one of my five C's, have these really important, beautiful conversations with other mothers, you know, collaborate with each other, celebrate each other, work with each other as a team. We are on the same team. And so I'm super excited to be here. And I'm actually more excited today because I get to share shed light on you you're going to be in the hot seat today and we're going to get to learn a little bit more about you and your passion and sometimes when you're always the host and the facilitator like you have been you know we don't get to dive deep into you and your offerings and your gift so it's actually a really beautiful opportunity to yeah celebrate you in today's episode so I'm super excited awesome thank you I love that yeah I was definitely feeling the call to bring in some more mamas and collaborate with more women because it feels good. Like you say, we are all on the same team. So thank you for saying yes. And yeah. Right. Let's get to it. (laughs) Let's get to it. So you're ready to be put on the hot seat today? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So today we're going to tie, we're going to focus on emotional wellness, which I know is something that you're so deeply passionate about. And this is your sort of zone of genius. So First of all, can you just talk to me a little bit about what is emotional wellness? Like, what does that actually mean? Um, And also share a little bit about your personal journey with the concept of emotional wellness as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I would love to know. (laughs) 
So I'm going to, because I'm the interview person, <laughs> send a question back to you already. Sorry about that. When someone says emotional wellness to you, what's the first thing that kind of comes to mind? I think for me, it is about, I guess, the way in which you care for yourself. Self-care practices mm-hmm. come to mind for me. Emotional wellness in terms of mental health as well. I think mm. about that. And that can obviously mean many different things. It can be multi-layered, multifaceted. But yeah, definitely for me, it's mental health and the ways in which I guess I would care for myself and am I aware of what my self-care practices are that help me feel well all day every day Mm, yeah beautiful and I feel like a lot of people would probably see it in a similar light and it definitely is that is a part of it as well as what is our relationship to our emotions And how do we regulate our emotions? And I feel like this is something that's really kind of lost in terms of, you know, we do talk about self-care a lot. And that is more the solution to the emotional wellness, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. And we do talk about mental health as well, which, you know, is your depression and anxiety, postnatal depression those kinds of things within motherhood. But when I'm talking about emotional wellness, I'm talking more about how we actually communicate with our emotions, how we respond, how we react to life, and how it feels inside our nervous system. Like what is the felt sense within our body when we experience these emotions as well? And also coming up with the idea of everything starts from our emotions. So for example, something happens, an event happens, then we have what we call a natural emotion about the event. So a natural response, a natural bodily response. Yeah. And then after that, what's created is our thoughts the narrative, the stories around that. And then from that, more feelings can be created, more emotions and feelings, but what I more call feelings, okay? So when I'm talking about emotions and feelings, and I don't want to go too deeply into this, but emotions is the energy in motion within the body, and a feeling is something a little bit different. So the feeling is created from a thought. And this is where the sort of term of, you know, you've got to change your beliefs and to change how you feel. But before that, there's that natural emotion from an event. So everything is created from from there. Mm. And then it's the mindset stuff and they create what we call the secondary emotions. And if you want to hear more about secondary emotions, I talk about that in the Healing Mum Guilt episode. So you can head back to the Hill Mum Guilt episode where I do go a lot deeper into what secondary emotions are. Mm. But a lot of the time that's, you know, the guilt and the shame and the anger covering up the sadness and the grief and those sort of more sensitive, harder emotions that we tend to not want to feel. Mm. And I find that interesting. And I've heard that terminology before, that whole 
you know, emotions are energy in motion, which I think is such a beautiful description of that. And I'd be interested in your perspective on this in particular, I guess. So I heard recently that emotions, they only last in the body of like 90 seconds. But then what happens, it's the thought. It's the thought that keeps you stuck in that emotion. And like you were saying, that's because of, you know, one day someone said to you and you felt this. So you then relate it to that story. And that then, you know, it gives you an example of the last time I felt like this, this happened to me. And da, 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 da. so it's usually the story or the narrative that can keep us mm. stuck in our emotions. Is that what you mean? Is that your sort of, you know, like what, what is your thought? What do you say around that? Yeah, exactly that. And you just really explained that beautifully because that's exactly what happens. That mm. is, we go from the event, someone called us a name and we felt this embarrassment or shame normally Mm. embarrassment is what comes so we felt embarrassed because someone called us a name in the playground and then we started to create the thoughts that oh maybe having curly hair isn't cool or maybe I'm not a good person because you know someone's called me this name so therefore it means I'm not a good person and then that creates more feelings and Mm. emotions around it because then you feel shameful. So embarrassment then turns into shame and I'm a bad person or Mm. I'm not good enough because of the initial event that's happened. It's not actually the emotion that's keeping us stuck. Mm. It is the stories Mm. that we create around the experience that we've had yeah the more we experience these things the more embedded these beliefs these patterned beliefs or these core beliefs become Mm. the more we create more stories and more we create more thoughts and feelings and that becomes like a cycle so that becomes more thoughts, more feelings, more thoughts, more feelings. And we're ignoring now that, oh, I felt embarrassed when that person called me X, Y, Z. So we've come so far away from the original emotion that now we think that, you know, we've got anger, we've got anger coming up, we're feeling shameful. And we've started Mm. to create all these stories and beliefs about ourselves as well. And you know what? I think Tony Robbins calls it the crazy eight, doesn't he? And like you go into this crazy eight and it's this perpetual cycle of, well, this is what I felt. And so this is what it means because that was my interpretation of that situation. And then I'm just giving myself more examples as to why I felt like that. And this is, you know, and it kind of goes into this crazy eight cycle. And I think from what you've just said there is ultimately then it, it can cause or it can result in what is a core belief. And I think what I've experienced, and probably yourself as well, when you've worked with women, is you can have a completely different experience and be, and I guess this is where we get triggered, right? We can have a completely different experience, but it will catapult us back into time as to when we felt that way before and why we were not safe and all the rest of it. So we're linking the two experiences as one emotion, but they can be entirely different. Does that make sense? It's like, 
as an example, I had a woman that felt really triggered by COVID, for example, she couldn't go anywhere, she felt really, really triggered. And I was like, when was the last time that you felt unsafe? You know, because obviously COVID is going to bring up, when was the last time you felt unsafe? And she was like, well, I had breast cancer. And I felt really, you know, I felt really unsafe then. And, you know, and so it was like a trigger that was also impacting an old experience, an old story, an old narrative, an old event. Um, but the emotion was the same. So it kind of unraveled. It can be multi-layered, can't it, is what I'm trying to say. Is that you can yeah. have a trigger or an experience, but it keeps coming back to that same core belief, maybe, if you felt shame or anger once doesn't matter what the situation is because the narrative and the story you've had that one time years ago creates that same emotional response in your body yeah yeah Yeah. and what I feel like this shows is that working with our core beliefs isn't enough it has to be that one layer deeper of getting to that felt sense yeah so talk to me about why is it important, especially for us as mothers or as parents, to be aware of this language and this work around emotional wellness? Um, how do we get to that field sense? Like, what would you do with a mother, for example? Okay, yeah, awesome. Well, talking to your first question there, I feel like emotional wellness for parents is so important and the reason for that is because like we were talking about before is you was talking about feeling triggered Mm -hmm. and when we become parents I don't know if this has been your experience as well but our children trigger us and they trigger us more than anyone else and When we're talking about emotional wellness, the reason for this is because they're reflecting back to us what we have not healed within ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know. So our children are, and I say this all the time, they really are our greatest teachers and they're our greatest healers as well, you know. A lot of people have this idea that maybe they need to heal before they become a parent, but actually it's a continuum, you know, it's part of the parenting experience. And if we're not willing to look at this stuff and become aware of our own emotions and our felt sense, then we recreate within our children our own experience. Mm. So it becomes then a generational thing. You know, they can then take on how we responded. We'll go back to the example of us being called a name in in the playground as a kid, Mm. yeah, by our friends or who we thought were our friends or whatever. We've created that story, that story of deficiency of I'm a bad person, I'm not good enough. Then your child comes to you and they've been called a name in the playground. How are you going to respond? You're going to respond from fear. Mm. You're not going to respond from a clear head because you'll be taken straight back on a body sensation level without even you consciously knowing it. Mm. On an unconscious level, you're taken straight back to something that happened for you in your childhood and how you felt and how you responded and how maybe your family or your mother or your dad responded to that 
which then perpetuated the cycle of, yeah, I'm not good enough or I'm, you know, feeling shameful. Yeah. Because we've never healed it. And they say it's seven generations back, isn't it? It's seven generations back and seven generations forward. So you are carrying seven generations prior the things that your, you know, your mother hadn't quite healed and her mother hadn't quite healed and da 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 da. And we carry that in our DNA. And so sometimes I think we carry, you know, this emotional, like you say, this emotional heaviness. We carry emotions that are maybe not even ours, Mm. but it's funny because they can be presented to us. Sometimes, I don't know if you have this experience, I know that I have, is that whole, why am I doing what I'm doing when I know what I know? It's like, why am I still reacting this way when I know, like, I know, (laughs) I know what that's about, you know, and it's like, it's this really bizarre thing because the body is communicating from a completely different place. Like you say, it's not about logic or knowing. It's like this response in the body because every life experience is stored in the body, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's fascinating. I love that you, yeah, I love that you bring that up because it is so true and that's kind of when people come to me, right, because they've read a parenting book or, you know, I've even had people that are care facilitators, you know, they've done training, they've been to college, they've got the degree. They know child development. They know how the brain is changing when they're a child and they know that, you know, the child is acting childish because they're a child and they're meant to act childish. They know all the things, but still they can't stop reacting to their children's behaviour that really annoys them. Like maybe their child really be really silly in their face and they find that super frustrating and annoying and then they explode at their child Mm. you know and it is it's like we know it in the logic and reason in the what we call the conscious mind Mm. but in the unconscious on a body level we're still operating from this state of fear Mm. we're still in the fight flight freeze response within the nervous system we're not responding from a place of calm and peace because of all of our emotional baggage so when we're responding in fear when we're in anger or you know we're in rage or we're responding from anxiety or fear or whatever it is that is a really really good indication that we're responding from an emotional event, a previous emotional event. We're not Mm. responding from our wise adult self. Yeah. We're responding from our our little child within us. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like that inner child doesn't ever go anywhere. They're always there. And, you know, they say that you're practically a genius between the ages of zero to seven in terms of how much we're working you know, how much you're developing and all of your patterns and your programs and everything are being downloaded at that time, you know. And so even though as an adult, we think we know better, we forget sometimes that that response is from that little girl within us that maybe wasn't quite seen, heard, held, supported or whatever, right? Yeah. And we all have this. We all have inner child wounds, no matter how wonderful your childhood was, We don't just have these wounds from our parents, you know, it can be other caregivers, it can be school children, it can be teachers, it can be one little comment that made you feel insecure that you've held on to for the rest of your life. Oh, your sister's eaten all her dinner and you haven't eaten all your dinner, so you're not getting a dessert. 
we think that is a normal thing to say to a child but for them that could be a traumatic event yeah that could be an experience that it's funny right because I have women that come in and they've had you know they've had a lot of trauma but they'll remember one experience of for example one of my clients remembered that she made her dad a cup of coffee and it was hot and she dropped it you know, he responded in his rage, mm. oh my God, whatever, idiot, or da 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 da. And she has held on to that for years. And, you know, all these other things have happened in her life. But it was that one thing when she dropped his hot coffee all over the floor that was an experience she was holding on to that she completely forgotten about. Yeah. And it wasn't until we went back into the body and asked the body, and went with the felt experience mm-hmm. and got the body to tell us what the story was yeah. until that came forward as a memory and then we, you know, helped her move through that and heal that. Yeah. But, you know, these things can get stuck in the body and most of us aren't taught growing up how to respond to our emotions and this is the biggest thing with my work is that I, growing up, I was never taught about emotions. And for all of my, you know, up until I was 30, the way I used to respond to emotional overwhelm was with dissociation. So I have been very dissociated and that means you numb. You're almost, you're not there. You're, you look calm and you yeah. you look like you're dealing with it. Everyone would be like, oh, Alicia, you're so strong. You're so calm. You're so this, you're so that. Underneath the surface, I was like, yeah. like the duck, you know, with the legs underneath the surface, like trying to keep my head up above water. Yeah. Because on the inside, I had all of this stuff and I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to process it. And then it started to show up as physical symptoms. Once I had the kids, it started to show up as physical symptoms, chronic pain, digestive issues, weight gain. Even before that, you know, I'd always have shoulder pain or neck pain or whatever it was. So this emotional baggage that I'd been carrying for so long, exhaustion, I was always fatigued. I'd always have a nap in the middle of the day. That was one of my biggest things. I always believed I was low energy person. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a low energy person. I just had so much emotional baggage that I was carrying around this massive backpack of rocks on my back. Yeah. And once I started to take those rocks out of my backpack, each emotional event, it got lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter. And anyone who's done the inner work will know you have this sense of lightness. After a session, people, I ask, oh, how are you feeling now? And they're like, I just feel light. I feel lighter. And it literally is that. Mm. And for me, I learning about the nervous system and my relationship to my emotions has been the biggest game changer for me, especially within parenting, because so many things don't trigger me anymore. I don't feel the need to be in rage and anger. I've integrated anger. I know how to now healthily express my anger. Anger's not wrong. We're told anger's wrong. 
anger's not wrong. And that's a beautiful thing you said at the beginning about your relationship with emotions, because we are so quick to label, aren't we? Anger's mm. wrong. And, you know, even with our kids, you know, we get triggered by the kids that are fully expressed in their anger. Because <laughs> we've been told that anger is wrong. So we're like, what? So we're trying to stop them. You know, any that relationship with our emotions and where that's come from. Mm. And I love what you said there about, you know, that real physical representation of symptoms in your body that's why I really love Gabor Mate's work because he talks about that you know he can he can literally look at someone's life experiences and then look at mixture of diagnosis and literally pair them he'd be like well that's the woman that's got breast cancer because this is what's happened in her life that's Mm. the woman that's got that and how it manifests in that real physical sense um so just talk to me I know that you want this to be quite you know a a short episode because you want to get as many beautiful nuggets of wisdom while we're here if you can talk to me a little bit about what that looks like Mm. you know when you say you know when you're working with clients and you do the way you do the healing because I've done similar healing in a completely different way to you Mm. so when you say sort of get to that root cause of what that emotion was in the body let the body respond what does that look like what does that what does that mean what is that process right okay yeah so you're looking more sort of for the how And I just want to touch on this quickly before we sort of move forward. One thing I really want to say, which I feel is really important, is if we can accept all of our emotions, if we can be comfortable in all of our stuff, we allow that space for our children. And for me, there is no better gift than being able to sit with and be with and hold safe space for my daughter to fully express whatever it is she needs to feel. Mm. Because what we've done for too long is shut down, distract, give her a sweet. It's okay, I'll buy you an ice cream. No, let your child feel her emotions or his emotions. But if you're uncomfortable with them, then you're the one who needs to do the work, not them. You know, and I love that, and I think that's such a beautiful reminder. You know, because we're going to say, you know, why? Why is this work? You know, and we mentioned it before. Why is it so important for us to consider this work for ourselves as parents? And you've just nailed it there because it allows you to provide safe space for our children to process it all. So we're not passing on those generational, you know, patterns again about how we manage our emotions. And I think I've seen that with you know, with my kids and like you said, the ways that I've been triggered by them and their emotions and why I'm triggered is because that was not safe for me to explore and express or X, Y, Z. So yeah, I love the way that you've just worded that. Yeah. It's really beautiful that you've touched on that. Yeah. And so talk me through a little bit about the process, you know, as a mother now, going from your experience of trauma and, you know, the ways that you felt it in your body as emotions, how do you now a, regulate yourself in the moment and hold that safe space for your child at the same time or as well? Well, if you want to get started with, you know, um, learning how to emotionally regulate yourself today, mm. that really starts with being able to identify an emotion and then it's learning how to manage our internal response to that emotion Mm. so that really is the second part so the first part really is identifying what it is you're feeling because most people are so disembodied 
that they don't recognize when they're starting to feel angry. They don't recognize when they're starting to feel an emotion in their body. We go straight from zero to a hundred because a lot of us aren't aware. So the first step is really starting to learn the language of our emotions. And I'm going to, if you're on my email list, you'll receive this in an email. If you're not on my email list, then jump in the show notes and I'll put a link there. But I've got this beautiful emotions wheel and it's got loads of different words to you can use for your emotions and your feelings. And most of us don't have a very big vocabulary when it comes to emotions, right? We know happy, we know sad, we know anger, we know embarrassment, and, you know, we can even go into anxiety and maybe depression as well. Yeah. But a lot of us don't have a very vast vocabulary. The better you can get at explaining what it is you're feeling in that moment, the easier this will be. Yeah. So really the first step is learning some language for your emotions so that emotions will and then starting to notice when you're feeling something. So notice the sensations in the body. How does anger feel in the body? How does rage feel in the body? How does it feel different to anger? What are your thoughts and feelings about it when you experience it in the body? Are you tipping into overwhelm? Does it feel comfortable? Does it feel light? Is it tingly? Is it heavy? It's those, it's then sensation words. And also getting really good at labeling your emotions because there's some work by um, Dan Siegel and he talks about flipping your lid. Mm. And he talks about how labeling our emotions helps us come out of that unrational unconscious mind which is what we've talked about the natural response that natural knee-jerk reaction Mm. and it brings you back into your conscious logical mind so it brings you back into where you've actually got to think okay I notice I'm feeling triggered I'm feeling sad actually or I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling anxious or whatever it is so really starting to get good at labeling what it is you're feeling And always lead with that Mm. as well. You know, it helps you get better at communication as well, because you can start to go instead of saying, you made me feel, you can just Mm. say, because then we're going into blame and shame and we're using toxic language. We can own our shit, right? This is all about self-responsibility. And that's really where it starts is being able to say, I feel really anxious or Mummy feels really anxious when you do, when you jump off of there. Mm. Can you not jump off of the sofa, please? It's making mummy feel really anxious. You're not blaming. You're not calling him naughty. You're not shaming him for jumping off the sofa for the hundredth time. You're just explaining how you feel. That helps them also build that empathy within their system because they're seeing, oh, mummy feels anxious. And you can even talk to them about the sensations in the body and all those sorts of things. But first, focus on you. Don't worry about your children. Focus on you. Mm. And once we've done that, another part of this is learning to what your safety response is. 
And this is a little bit deeper. And this is something that I teach in my programs. But a lot of us don't feel safe in our system. And when we tip into this fight, flight, freeze mode, our nervous system thinks there's an emergency and it's unsafe to be here in this moment. It is doing anything it can to try and get you out of that. So you'll either go into fight mode, which would be you're angry, you know, the point in the fingers, you might feel like you need to run away. So you might, I can't do this and you might leave the room. And then the freeze mode is what I used to go to into, which is the dissociation. Yeah. And even though I could sit and say a calm word in my nervous system, it was going crazy. And it's important to know that you can't fake nervous system regulation. So if you're feeling that, your child is also going to know that what's coming out of your mouth is BS. It's really important that we do learn about the nervous system. And it's something that I teach and I'm really passionate about teaching about because this is where it all really starts. You know, we can say all the things and say all the right things. Oh, I'm feeling X, Y, Z and I'm da, 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 da. And we can explain ourselves. But if we're not actually feeling that on a sensation body level, our children will pick up on that, you know. Creating that safety within our own system is like the number one priority. I think that's probably going to be a whole other episode around the nervous system and, you know, self-regulation because it's such a huge topic. And there's a lot of people that really don't understand it and, you know, the impact it has. So. I love that. And I think that 100% that's another conversation mm, um, yeah. for us to have and to dive deeper into because I think people will find such huge value um, mm. diving deeper into that area as well. And I love what you said before as well about, you know, self-responsibility. It's so powerful and we do naturally, we point the blame and we allow that, you know, it becomes external instead of that real internal reflection that you were talking about. You know, what is this I'm feeling? How does it feel? why am I feeling like that's such a beautiful process we'd like to bypass that bit and we just go straight to the blame Mm. and I think Brene Brown talks about that as well really beautifully well just to point out there yeah that blame when we go into blame you're speaking from your inner child you're blaming and pointing fingers you've gone into being you're reacting from your child self yeah And when we take responsibility for ourselves and our own stuff and our own emotions Mm -hmm. and we show up and we say, I feel X, Y, Z, we are then in our wise adult self. We are taking responsibility because remember, our kids can't take responsibility and they do blame because they don't know anything else and they haven't got the brain development there yet, especially if you've got toddlers, you know, naught to seven. They can't rationalize. They're not logical thinkers. They are emotional beings. They don't have that part of their brain developed yet. That is where most of our trauma is, right? Is because we don't actually have that logical. We make everything about us when we're that age because we don't have the brain development yet. So I just wanted to sort of point that out. But yeah, I could talk about this for ages. So please reel me in, baby. No, right. But I love love it. And I think you've, yeah, I think you've really articulated all of that so beautifully. And one thing that I have had to do, talk, just touching on that for a minute, Mm. is as my adult self now, I sometimes have to have that conversation with my inner child and be like, you know what, Charlie, you're all good. You're safe now. I'm Mm. an adult and I'm here to protect you, the inner child. So that I can then move forward because sometimes 
you know, I almost had that conversation with, you know, with myself, my now adult self. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's something I teach in my programs for people to do is, you know, you have got those two parts and you can go in and now you are an adult, right? And you do have the brain development. You can go in and give that inner child what she didn't receive in that moment when that experience happened yeah and we do that as a process within you know my programs and stuff as well so so powerful it really so let's begin to sort of draw it in I know Mm. that you are working on something super special at the moment um so you're putting together a book a beautiful resource which I just have a little chat about what that is and the ways that it can add more support to our beautiful community Yes, awesome. So I am in the process of creating a book, How to Stop Losing It with Your Kids. And it's going to be a nervous system guide to peaceful parenting, basically. And so there'll be a lot of information in there and also guides and, you know, um, things that you can do to start on your healing journey as well. So that's a bit about the book. And if you are in Perth, I'm doing a beautiful end of year event with three of my other gorgeous lady friends. And it's going to be an evening all for women. And we are letting go of 2022. And we are inviting in what it is we want to create for 2023. So there's going to be cacao. We're going to do a releasing journey, like embodiment journey. We're going to disconnect from the matrix, from the grids. We're going to do a chakra dance. We're going to do some ecstatic dance. And my partner, Stephen, is DJing. And then we're going to finish with some breath work and some journaling. So if that resonates and you want a more gentler way instead of going out on new year's eve and getting pissed out of your face and feeling like shit if you want a more gentle and nourishing way to bring in 2023 then it's on the 30th of december february 30th of december and um, please come along and i will put the link for the tickets in the uh, show notes as well so yeah Well, that just sounds divine. I couldn't actually think of a better way. I'm like you. I would all day, every day choose to do something like that before the end of the year. I don't drink. So there's no way Mm. I'm going to start day one of the new year feeling hungover and shitty. Like, you know, you create the change now that you want to see in the future. I love that. It's beautiful. Mm. Um, Well, thank you so much. I'm super grateful that you have given me the opportunity to have this conversation. You know what? It's so beautiful to witness and listen to you and I can see obviously because we're on Zoom I see your eyes light up and when you're talking about stuff you're passionate like you really lean forward into the camera (laughs) as well like I can feel and see that this is like every part of you is like fully here and fully engaged and I just want to take a moment to really celebrate you for that and honor that and it's really important work you know as someone that you know as we all do, as someone that has trauma, as someone that is still triggered, as someone that still struggles to regulate my nervous system, as a parent, it's so powerful to do this work and to do it with somebody that, you know, holds such beautiful space like you do and, you know, is really interested in creating that massive impact. So thank you for the beautiful work that you do and for the beautiful soul that you are. I feel very privileged 
that our paths have crossed and it's an honor it's an honor to be with you awesome oh thank you I love you I love you. and yes I feel very grateful to have magically met you yeah thank you for asking me questions and being here and saying yes to this adventure and opportunity and yeah we're gonna wrap everything up now so thank you for being here with us today and if you as listeners have got any feedback or questions please drop them in our dms and um, we'll see you all next week namaste